And I'm back for another solo episode uh, of Cynical Supplement. Well, it's kind of self-defeating a statement considering Cynical Supplements are by nature solo. But whatever. This week on Cynical Supplement, I talk about Final Fantasy XV's new DLC episodes. Razer apparently sells games now. There's a new Harry Potter game coming out soon that doesn't actually sound bad. Cyberpunk's 27.7 continues to look awesome. And a whole lot of PS5 discussion. So, uh, in the end, I might talk about some Yakuza 5. I'm trying out that new type of intro. That intro where I tell you what I'm doing next. It's pretty professional sounding. I don't know. I like the style of it. Uh, And I've immediately ruined it by going on to reflect on the type of intro I just did. Also, I'm currently using um, Audacity for the first time in years, actually. Uh, I'm going to be using this for the recording stage but not the editing stage because I prefer audition for that. Uh, but audition was just having that skipping problem and I couldn't figure out how to stop it. This seems to be uh, totally fine. Like I don't see any skipping occurring at the moment on my on my recording feed. Hopefully I get through this whole thing without any skipping. I'm also switching back to my Blue Yeti um, because I apparently don't know how to do an scientific experiment. Usually you only change one variable, but I edited sorry i started recording before this podcast and experienced skipping with this microphone which is my yeti which means that i believe the skipping is independent of the microphone used which is why i'm testing it with just audacity as the one scientific with everything else held in control sorry the one variable with everything else holding control um that seems like an appropriate method i don't know we'll see how it goes this week anyway with that said let's move on um as it sounded at the top. I'm going to jump into news. And I will start with the most recent news and work backwards. Only because um, I think some of the older news is more interesting than the more recent news. And and there's not like any of the news this week, aside from the PS5 stuff, um, has been like life-changing or world-altering. Like we're, we're just looking at little bits and pieces here and there. And so... I'll start with um, the most recent on my list, which is April 7th, 2018. Uh, my yesterday, maybe your today. Um, this is the Final Fantasy 15 DLC announcement. Uh, new episodes on the way because holy shit, those guys, A, people still buy it because that game's still pretty cool. And B, apparently those guys are hella dedicated to that story. <laughs> <laughs> in a way that I like, I have to respect, uh, considering how much I I like. I am critical of the Final Fantasy Fifteen story to to no small extent, but um, I I can fucking respect this man. Like the, the guys, these guys are, are putting in the time at least, and uh, I bet it's like a small team, considering they started that new Luminous Studio or whatever it was. Um, in for for Square Enix, uh, we don't know what that studio will be working on, but it sounds like because they're just using the Luminous, or the, the name indicates to us that it's about using the Luminous engine, which they fucking dumped all their money into for some reason, even though they switched to using Unreal Engine 4 for uh, Kingdom Hearts. Um, 
So it's all Doomist Engine stuff, which makes me think it's more Final Fantasy XV related stuff. If not Final Fantasy XV, then at least stuff of that style. And I hope that's the case, because I should really fucking like XV. Um, I talked to Duran about this before, and he has declined to be on this podcast again. Because he's tired, etc. Weak. Weak. Um, yeah, it's... The interesting thing about about that... The response from him was that he's he he says he prefers uh, more DLC and bolt-ons to the Final Fantasy fifteen package than a new Final Fantasy game, um, and I'm of I'm, I'm on the opposite. I I actually wouldn't mind a Final Fantasy fifteen two at all. Um, not with I'd like I do it without the prompto. Maybe maybe with the the three guys who spoilers. The three guys who survived the ending of that show, of that of that um, game, uh, maybe with them being uh, like figures in the world that are just doing things and not actually part of your party, um, that could be that'd probably be the way I roll with it. I I don't want to necessarily play the three surviving members of the boy band. Um, I de- I definitely don't want to have like a re- a revival plot like Final Fantasy X to because fuck that. Uh, so I, I, maybe you can bring the person who dies back to life, like, or, or you can say that the, the last shot of that game was actually in reality and not the afterlife. That would be an interesting way to, to turn it. Uh, that would be actually kind of nice because that, that ending is kind of depressing depending how you look at it. Um, but I don't know, like, I really like the ending to Final Fantasy 15, even though it's not entirely deserved. Uh, so yeah, that, now, but we got off topic. Like they haven't announced a Final Fantasy fifteen two. I would really like a Final Fantasy fifteen two, but they haven't announced one. Um, so what they have announced is more DLC coming this year. And uh, let's see, we've got we've got here. We've got episode one Arden DLC, um, which is the struggles of Arden, who's the main bad guy of that game. Um, kind of spoilers, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of obvious, but he's not the main bad guy. You don't realize he's the main bad guy till late in that game. The late game reveal. Um, but it was, it's pretty clear cause he's the only cool bad guy in the whole thing. Um, and this, uh, disc- discusses or this explores the, uh, resentment he harbored towards Lucis over the last 2000 years and his clashes with the astrals. That actually sounds fucking sick. Uh, episode story, Ariana, the beginning of the end, a side story about star scourge depicted from the Niflheim's perspective. The final day of the Empire turns out to be Ariana's worst day. I, I don't... I, sure. Luna Freya, episode two. Um, sorry, episode two, Luna Freya. The choice of freedom. This story is about Luna's fate, which is not even death, which not even death can free her from. Her battle to save the one she loves overturns destiny dealt to the Lucian King. This sounds really fucking interesting. It makes me think that the ending is not just because of the King's sacrifice at the very end of the game, but also some shit she does in the afterlife. Um, Luna is a underused and like totally uh, botched character. She was freaking awesome in every way in Final Fantasy XV. And she needed a bigger role, and she needed more story around her, and they just robbed her of it, which had the effect of making her two-dimensional, because it just seems to be like this this perfect female character, which is bullshit. Um, and also, it uh, made her 
motivations too simplistic, which made her boring to some extent. Um, but I really like her, and I like her character design. I like her um, dedication and and strength that she displays to that um, game, and I really do did want to see more of her. This sounds uh, like it goes a long way towards doing that properly, uh, giving her an active role in the story rather than just being the girl who dies near the end. Fuck, I, I really need to avoid spoilers here. Sorry. Maybe I should bleep. Nah, I'm going to bleep that. You've had your chance to play Five Five Fifteen. I don't care if you have it during. It's your own damn fault. Um, yeah, so that, that's really great. That we're seeing more of her. Um, episode 3, Noctis, The Final Strike. Parting ways with the Astrals, Noctis embarks upon his final batter to, battle in order to attain the ideal future for all his people. Um, so it sounds like they're, they're adding more to the ending there. And f- fucking yeah, man. That ending stretch is one of my favorite stretches in any Final Fantasy game. Part of it is because the music's so goddamn good, um, but part of it is also like just how much that world has changed. It, it reminds me of the ending of Final Fantasy... Sorry, the last disc of Final Fantasy VIII, uh, where you're in the same world, but I think it's in the far future or something, um, or also something like that. I forget what it is. I think it's the far future. And um, you're just seeing everything you've... Everything in ruins around you... And all the monsters are ridiculously powerful um, because they they rule the world now. And um, you're just walking to up to the final fight with the big bad guy. Um, and it's all about just like that last stretch. But you can stretch it out. Final Fantasy VIII, you can stretch it out for a long time if you want to just go around exploring that world from memory. The... Um the fucked up nature of that world in 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 15 uh you don't really get to see any of that world you just get so you only get a small stretch of it in a walk from uh where you spawn at the end of the last chapter so the start of the last chapter to uh getting to the city like that, that's the only time you see it so getting to the the um truck stop and that's the only time you see it uh, from there on, I think you you you're you're teleported to the city. That in its own way is kind of awesome because you're walking through the streets of this this fucking blown up city with all these crazy monsters running through it. That's pretty great in its own right. But um, add more to that final little segment. Absolutely, I'm down. Um, apparently, additional details of all these three are still to come, including the re- uh, specific restates, specific release dates, etc. So uh, this is from Gamespot's write up. BTW. Moving on. Um, so yeah, excited for those. Uh, I just, I'm thinking about like depending on how expensive they are and how much I can pick up Final Fantasy 15 PC for. Um, I'm thinking of playing that game in 4K HDR, maybe locking it to 30 because my DJX 1080 can't really do 60 4K HDR. Um, lock it to 30, turn it up to fucking max, and play it from start to finish again on PC with all these DLC in it. That actually might be something I do. Um, if I ever get around to it, like, fuck, man. I'm still, like, an, a bit into Yakuza Kiwami. I haven't started Nino Kuni yet. Um, I did watch the trailer. I am interested in it in Japanese. Uh, at least a little bit more interested in it than in English. But I am still don't remember if the Japanese track comes on the disc. I've seen the Japanese voice acting. Don't remember if the Japanese track comes in a disc. Am I crazy? Let me have a look. Nino Kuni. Sorry. 
Ninokuni Japanese on disk. Ninokuni 2, sorry, Ninokuni 2 Japanese on disk. Um. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does seem like a. So it's, uh, it's you get the voice track option. Yeah, it's. I just like the Japanese voices more. Mainly, for, like I like most of the English voices more, to be honest. Um, but it's just that main character. He's unfucking sufferable. He's unsufferable in English. Uh, and I prefer the woman clearly pretending to be a little boy of the Japanese video track. Um, all right, <clears throat> I don't even know how I got into that fucking stuff. Back to news. Also from GameSpot. Spyro's remastered a graphics showcased in reignited trilogy images. I don't know why I read that out. Long story short, the Spyro series is being remastered. Moving on. Spider-Man PS4. Uh, it now has a release date of September 7th, 2018. And on a separate note, uh, an interesting move that I see more and more Sony games doing now, I'm not sure if it's for the good or bad. I think it's for the good. But um, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out in the long run in terms of them actually making back the money on their games. I hope they do. Uh, I, to be fair, these games are pretty big blockbuster-ish kind of games. But getting to the point here, um, they have announced there'll be no paid DLC. Hmm. Sorry, I just need to take a drink there. Um, no microtransactions and is locked at 30 FPS is the headline. Locked at 30 FPS shouldn't fucking surprise anybody considering that CPU and the PS4. Uh, but more importantly, the uh, no microtransactions is interesting. DLC is planned after launch, but there'll be no microtransactions is the um, is both the Spider-Man stance and God of War said something very similar uh, recently as well. And I don't. I think that is awesome. With the caveat that we still get, like, we still get the wackiness that the DLC model gave us in the past. So what I mean by that is, in the past, uh, sorry, in the time between everything being free and now where the world of DLC rose and fell. Um, we had things like the Spider-Man game in the past where you would be able to down, pay a little bit of money to be able to play as, for example, um, a, like, 2000, like, what was it, Spider-Man 2000, what the fuck, the um, far-flung far future version of Spider-Man in the current Spider-Man game. Um, you could put on weird costumes that, that are reality-breaking, um, don't make sense, etc., just for the fun of it, because fuck it, I paid for this money, and I can play this game as whatever, Black Spider-Man, or whatever. Um, the As long as they keep that in the game, say Unlockables, or like Persona 4 Golden did it, where you go to this like special store, and you could buy these outfits. Um, if they do that, that is freaking awesome. That is great. If it's a world where we just don't get that anymore, I think that's actually us losing th something in its entirety. Um, I think that's bad. Like, I'd prefer to be able to pay small transactions to do wacky shit if I wanted to than just not being able to do wacky shit. Um, 
yeah, the best best version version of this is the Persona 4 Golden model, where it's just you still get the wacky shit, it's, but it's in the game and it's like segregated off to the side. If you like do something a little bit extra, uh, in that case, pay money is, and, and and you have to travel to this um, new area to to get your wacky shit uh, and no pay DLC. That's the best of all of both worlds. Um, but for best of both worlds, where both us and the developers win, I don't mind small transactions if they're cosmetic, etc. Uh, and and reality breaking. I, I think most cosmetics should be free in the Jim Sterling model, um, where cosmetics are part of the game. Cosmetics are part of progression. Um, looking cooler is part of why RPGs, which show armor like Dark Souls, etc. Uh, work so well um, and give you that sense of progression so you need aesthetic stuff changes in a game but in reality breaking stuff like again like a, a, the an, a different era of spider-man in your current spider-man um, that is in a place where i'm like okay that is sufficiently outside the universe you're creating that it doesn't make sense to be um, something as part of the normal progression and it can only really be done by uh, in, in a in a in a valid way that maintains uh, some form of cohesion by specifically having an area in your game like a shop or whatever that that breaks the third wall, like Persona Five. So, sorry, Persona Four Golden, um, and it, or having paid DLC, which is essentially that as well. Like you bumping out of a game into the PlayStation Store and going through those shitty menus and downloading, it, essentially breaking the fourth wall. Um, did I say third wall before? Fourth wall. Fourth wall. Um, it's essentially breaking the fourth wall, uh, which allows you to have your um, DLC in a way that 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 is a contract with between the user and the um, game developer, which is kind of saying, "Hey, will any of you break reality in this point? You know it. I know it." Um, let's just say if you want to do it, we're happy and don't complain that we're letting you do this because it's outside the normal, the norms of the game either way, um, which is great. Uh, and I don't, so if, if DLC is the only real way to have that, um, I'm, I, I will happily pay for DLC. Should it be expensive? No. Uh, should cosmetics be like $15 or worst case, absolute worst case, a loot box, which is randomized? Fuck No. Uh, but should you be able to buy, like, I don't know, horse armor or whatever? Go ahead. Yeah, sure. For If it's like a buck, sure. Um, and they should have that. So we'll see how the Spider-Man implementation, implementation works out. Same with God of War. Um, hopefully they don't take out all the wacky. They leave some of the wacky in, but maintain this zero uh, microtransactions policy. That would be the best outcome. But if they take all the wacky out as well, um, that's kind of sad. I don't know. I wouldn't mind, for example, uh, even though it doesn't make sense, I wouldn't mind paying like five bucks to play the whole game with the Blades of Chaos in in God of War. Um, that that would be fine to me. To me, uh, if it's outside the game, changes the model back to the God of War three model. Like it doesn't make any sense, but it's it it, it lets you do the God of War in the God of War. Um, that uh, that's that's DLC. I wouldn't mind paying for. Um, hope I still maintain hope. Sorry, I still hope that game has a reveal near the end where you get the Blades of Chaos. But we'll see. Anyway, that's the Spider-Man news, um, and God of War news by proxy.
Next up, Razer has some killer deals on PC games. In other news, Razer sells games now. What the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, so Razer has a new PC games store, um, and it plugs, as far as I can tell, it plugs into Steam and Microsoft. Let me check. Uh, let's see. I believe it does. I'm almost certain it does. Um Oh yeah, you play in Steam. Yeah, so it seems like it just it's it's just like it's just like any other like Amazon or anything else. They're just making an Amazon esque so Amazon esque online store or whatever, like a um not Chico Central, that other game that other store. Uh CD CDKeys.com or whatever. Like they're just doing another one of those. And they have their own deals. Um and their deals are pretty good. Assassin's Creed Origins for twenty nine US dollars, Far Cry five for forty six, like like 15%-ish, 20%-ish off most of these titles. That seems fine. Yeah, sure. Would I go to the Razer store? Only if they have a particular deal on a particular item I'm seeking. Like, if they get onto Cheap Shark, if you haven't heard of it, there's a site called CheapShark.com that allows you to search by game and will give you uh, a like a list of what people are selling that game for, and you can just go to the lowest one. Um if they get onto something like that, then yeah, sure. They'll, they'll get business um, as long as they keep the prices low. Am I going to like say, hey, the first thing I'm going to check is the Razor store? <sighs> Fucking no. I don't even check Steam first. Fucking hell. Like Steam rips it off. Uh, especially if you're in Australia. Um, I usually go to, yeah, to... Uh, what was that? Not Chica. Again, I forgot the fucking name of like fucking store. Uh, CD keys. I usually go to CD keys first. Um, and then if if it's like reasonable there, I don't even bother checking Cheap Shark. If it's uh, like slightly higher than I want to pay or way higher than I want to pay, then I check Cheap Shark. And and if, if both of those things go through and I don't find anywhere cheaper, uh, then I either don't buy it or like just, just keep poking around or like put on my Steam wish list and hope it goes on sale or whatever. All right. Um, and this piece of news is going to be curious. Uh, I decided to cover it only because I've been actively avoiding this in the past. And I feel that actively avoiding these kind of subjects um, is perhaps a mark of cowardice to some degree. On my part, and I'm telling you as a listener, just my part as the podcast host. Because I don't like discussing uh things with a political slant on a podcast about video games so i think what i'm going to do is try to divorce this like first of all i am a centrist <laughs> um i like if you, if you if you you should not care about my political spectrum uh positioning but if in case you do and decide to get either offended or happy about what i'm going to say next um i am a centrist i uh sorry if you on the XY political spectrum, I am closer, so I'm almost dead center in the left-right spectrum, and in the authoritarian towards libertarian spectrum, I am closer to libertarian, but still pretty close to center. Um, that's where I land. So what I'm going to do here is talk about this news article, which is a uh, report shows that women earn less than men at, at GTA 5 studio Rockstar promises to do better. Um, is the GameSpot version of this. The Polygon version, sorry, the Kotaku version of this is uh, a, a, li a little bit more on the numbers side of things. Um, I don't know why. P perhaps to like illustrate how large the gap is or whatever. Um, 
but sure, like that they I don't I didn't see anything egregious about the Katarka coverage aside from the the political slant on it. Um, so I just wanted to to say yeah. So there is a reported wage gap, um, which has been found that's been particular large, uh, thirty six. Okay, let's have a look. Sixty four percent lower than their male colleagues at Lockstar. Is, is what is what was found, which is um, far higher than I think the the norms that people report are twenty two cents on the dollar less or whatever, or eighteen or fifteen, uh, depending on the country, and um, sorry no, primarily dependent on the country. Uh, is is what gets those statistics? Um, so this case sixty four cents uh, less than their male colleagues at Rockstar Games, uh, Rockstar North specifically. Um, which is admittedly very large in terms of differences. What that tells to me specifically, uh, personally, sorry, what that tells to me is that there is a large wage disparity between people like engineers and people like HR workers in Rockstar. Or they um, report part-time earnings alongside full-time earnings. Or they just have... That is the norm, sorry. Or that is the norm and they have a lot of a part-time workforce. That will generate a lot of... Without looking deep into the mathematics of this, that tends to be um, the way by which you see very large skews uh, in 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 wage gaps, like whether it's in nursing it's between women over men, or it's in um, uh, places like video game industries uh, where it's uh, men over women, um, you you you, t- you tend to have a uh, it really does come down. To, sorry, most of it usually comes down to the way the mathematics is done. Um, in this case specifically, uh, you've got. A large reported difference, and thankfully, people correctly pointed to the right thing in this case. I, w- I was usually this type of stuff makes me quite angry, and w- which is part of why I don't report on it. Um, but the even Kotaku uh, points to uh, the fact that the roles that are filled by men are in that company, Rockstar North. Are paid far more than the roles that are paid or filled by women. So let's see. Let's see what they say. The average mean is calculated. Blah, blah, blah. They tell me what average mean is because fuck man. <laughs> who are you? Who's this article written for? Is it is is it written for people who haven't been to school? Is that what you're doing here? Because I I'm, I think the normal person knows the difference between average and mean. Maybe not. Maybe I'm being crazy. Um, I don't even think there's a meaningful difference. Um, in many cases between average and mean, uh, I, sh- I should probably take, take that back. It's meaningful, but the meaning isn't that large. Uh, all right. So we've got these figures and others provide the UK government as part of a new, sorry, sorry. That does this, they made it a little line for the start. Number of gaming companies in the UK employ women in roles, which on average pay less than the ones their male colleagues are in, according to a new UK government database. That's their opening line. That is a incredibly fair opening line from Kotaku, and I and I, I applaud them for that. 
um, because that is that is essentially what this is really saying. They go on to say that the fact that um, it's reported because UK has this this requirement to report the wage gap, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, it also um, talks about how it's got a yeah sixty four percent lower with while the median is thirty four percent lower lower. So that's saying that on average women are paid sixty four percent lower, median thirty four percent lower, which means um, half of Sorry, the average wage of women, which is if you add all women in Rockstar, take and divide into, you sorry, divide into that number is sixty-four percent lower than men. Median is middle, which is I think yeah. Going back to that difference between what I was saying before, where median and middle are that different, um, it's it's kind of weird because the middle wage could be on the side of it could be like on a step graph where you're looking at. Um, X many people, if, if you look at what amounts people are paid in a company, it's usually a step graph where whether you have like a line, a vertical line to the next type of position, um, and then a horizontal line, another vertical line to the next next hierarchical position, then a horizontal line, and a vertical line to the next hierarchical position. That keeps, keeps going up. Um, because positions are generally played the same amount, uh, aside from like individual bargaining. And so you would get a step graph. So medians are can be kind of like not really informative whatsoever, depending on where they sit on that uh, that figurative step graph of a company's wages wage distribution. But the long story short here is yes, um, women in Rockstar are paid far less on average than men in Rockstar. Um, and Rockstar says that they'll do better. The my own point of this is just to say it out loud just to to report the news as it is being as it is being reported because I, i'm not a fucking reporter but i just felt hey may as well do it because this is a valid this is a very interesting data point to me personally because of how large this gap is but also um i did want to say that hey this is i don't even know if reporting on this um, does anything except for raise awareness of a problem that the reporting itself doesn't attempt to fix. It is, it's interesting that this one finally points to the correct thing, which is the positions these people are filling. But um, you, you need to divorce that from the implication that therefore if uh, women are employed in your positions that pay more or the the employment that women are in are um, in positions that only pay less sorry predominantly pay less you divorce that from therefore anything uh, that is just a statement of fact that, that in this case that is a statement of reported fact um, it is um, you need to divorce that from causality like I can't then go, oh yes, therefore um, you need to hire more women engineers. I can't say that. Like that, that's I don't know what your hiring policy is. Um, I I personally believe in a meritocracy, so I believe that you should hire the best person's job, irrespective of that's male or woman, um, male or female. So I can't take that step. Like just say, just reporting this this wage gap difference. All I wanted to say in this podcast is. Um, First of all, that the, the difference exists. It is reportable and is clear. Second of all, it can be based on things like part-times, like part-time shit and a bunch of other, other factors that have nothing to do. Um, I would very much like to see 
the uh, average female engineer versus average male engineer reporting statistics because that would be far more interesting to me personally for Rockstar. This this large discrepancy of 64% is fucking huge. Uh, I'm, cur- I'm, I'm hopeful that they are indeed doing the right thing and paying the man sitting next to the woman in the same position the same amount or pre- pre- largely the same amount. If they don't, then this actually adds to the larger body of evidence of Rockstar being kind of a piece of shit company to work for, right? Um, it's Rockstar doesn't have a great rap when it comes to people working for that company. And if you if they are paying male engineers way more than female engineers, that's fucking ridiculous, and they need to get they, they need to get that shit straight. Assuming entra- like individual bargaining isn't their standard, if if individual bargaining is the way by which they determine wages, then that's fine because it's up to the individual then to bargain a higher wage. But if they don't, if they have an enterprise agreement or if they have like a, a large scale um, determination of who what they pay people in a specific position and they're breaking that agreement by paying men more, that's fucked. And honestly, I'm sitting here looking at Rockstar going, I don't know. You, like you don't you have not gained the trust of us as the um, the watchers of your organization. Um, we don't have control in you, like sorry, any control over you. But as people observing you, you you have not given us any faith that you're proceeding proceeding under like good and moral pretensing uh, pretenses as a company. Um, the, like the party culture that is being mass reported about Rockstar is is known, and I, I have no idea like how that transposes to how you treat your people in terms of pay. Um, so if anything that this, this report about, um, the male female wage gap in Rockstar should invite further scrutiny about that company. But again, you should, you need to divorce that from, therefore they need to do X. Like we don't know enough about this to go. Therefore they need to hire more female engineers. And I don't think they should have a quota for female engineers because that's fucked. That's, that's reverse sexism. Um, we can't also, we can also not say, uh, therefore you need to pay women more. Because we don't know the math, we don't know how much of that age that wage description is because how many maybe they're hiring a lot of women in part-time roles. That's great for both them and the women involved. But if you look at their average wages over a year and compare that to people who are predominantly working full-time roles, clearly that will create a large wage discrepancy. So we don't know enough about this to really criticize them. All we can do is say this is a reported facts. This is a reported fact, 64% less. That is a ridiculously high number considered to, to compared to what is the norm, which is like 15 to 25-ish percent. Um, let's scrutinize that further to determine, A, whether women are being treated fairly, i.e. being in the same position as the same reported position with the same performance as a man but paid less. That's fucked. Um, or the other alternative is they have a ridiculous stratification of their payments. Um, i.e. the standard workers paid like 50k a year and the C- the CEOs are paid like 5 million dollars a year and that by itself because they have like a strat- such a stratified pay structure will create something like this like maybe that's the case and that's also something you need to look into it's like wait how f- if it's that stratified your car- your company is kind of fucked like you need to pay your basic like People kind of need to get, like, you're, you're working off these people. Um, maybe they have earned a higher pay. Or at least maybe you should investigate paying them more. Um, if you don't think, because the other side of that, if they, I don't know, there's this, this a lot to be argued on, on the, um, 
the importance of paying people a certain amount. Um, I, I, would, I would say that it's kind of demonstrable that um, a company where people are paid what they consider fair performs better. Uh, but at the same time, it depends what they consider fair, right? So if everyone at Rockstar is, say that is the the actual case where people at Rockstar are like 50K a year, but their um, higher ups are paid like millions and millions and millions of dollars. And that's creating this age gap, this this wage gap discrepancy. This That's the actual causal factor, if that's the causal factor. If those people who are working that 50K a year job think that is money is fair for what they're doing, then that's fine, <laughs> right? That's the, that's the crazy thing. So all I want to say by reporting this, and it's the first time report on this, uh, if you on something like this in quite a long time. All I want to say was that, hey, these things are complicated and all you can say is, all you can do is report the facts, 64 cents less than a dollar, and that's fucked. You can say that that is a extreme outlier and that may may require further examination and a determination of what the causal factors is and an examination of whether that co- those causal factors are unfair. That is what you can say from this. You cannot say, I don't believe. Therefore, you must do X by jumping to a solution. Therefore, you must pay like women, pay women more, or um, hire more female engineers, or um, re-examine your hiring policies for for different. No, no, no. All you can say is, hey, you know, you need to examine this more and figure out what the cause is and determine that cause is if that cause is unfair or unlawful. So that's that. Women are paid way less at Rockstar. Um, my stance on that is. Yeah, I, I I think that it. I think that if I suspect that if you do the math in that company, this is my actual stance, my personal stance. So feel free to skip ahead if you want. Um, I suspect that the if you do the math on Rockstar as a company, uh, what you'll find is this is just a suspicion, right? Uh, but I suspect what you'll find is um with that larger wage gap, that they are paying people in technical roles far more than they're paying people in support roles. And therefore, unless they do a dramatic shift in the people who fill those technical roles, because I think technical roles should be paid more than support roles because they require a higher level of base skill. Um, I think, I think, the uh, amount someone is sh- should be paid, sorry, the amount someone should be paid is determined by two things. The rarity of the skill they have and the ability of them to perform that skill. Those those two things, I think, should be the determining factors um, regarding how much they should be paid. Or, in, in the case of some very rare cases, the amount of skills a man has, sorry, a person has, take that back, a person has, the amount of skills a person has um, and that might by itself like contribute to some roles. Um, just having so many skills that, okay, this combination of these skills is so unique that you are you and yourself are rare. That package is rare. Therefore, you're worth more. That's what I think it should be. So I think technical skills should be, technical roles should be paid more than HR roles, um, by and large. Look at what HR worker does. Fucking not that difficult. Psychologist, different thing. Psychologists are a legit different thing than a HR person. Um, HR people with psychology degrees, curious middle ground. But either way, um, 
So I think they'll find that more that they pay technical roles far more than they do um, support roles. And from there forward, it, it will be a case of where I actually suspect that it might not be something uh, that is fixable in the short term. I don't think uh, like if you look at other companies in the same kind of way, like defense, for example, um, they pay, sorry, they have, they pay people in technical roles and specialist roles far more than people in general roles. Um, and that is not fixable in terms of creating gender equality in the short term. That is a long-term societal change problem. Um, so I don't know, like, I hope people don't just fucking jump on top of Rockstar if they are legitimately um, keeping seat-to-seat equality um, practices alive. Like, that's if they're making sure the people sitting in the same position get the same amount, I think that's fine. Uh, and they, they shouldn't be piled on. So we'll find out. We, I don't know. But actually, we probably won't find out. That's the truth of it, right? We'll probably never know the answer to this question. And that is me trying to report on politics. I apologize if I offended anybody. Sorry, no, I don't. I don't apologize if I offended you. Um, I request that if I offended you, you tell me why. And you, so you tell me so, and you tell me why. Uh, I, so I can learn from that. Um, and Or if you never want me to talk about politics again, sure. Just tell me you never want me to talk, talk about politics again. Um, that's all it is. Just a, just a quick email. Um, the real scotchcast at gmail.com. It's Tommy. Uh, otherwise, yeah, that's me moving on from th- that reporting and me addressing my own opinion of my ca- my personal cowardice and not uh, addressing those topics. Moving on. Harry Potter game Hogwarts Mystery releases this month. This is fun. Um, this is a... I just want to say this because we talked about it last episode, I think it was, regarding that um, cute game by the Stardew Valley makers. Um which is like essentially Harry Potter RPG. Um, this seems like a Harry Potter Mr. mystery game. Uh, it's on iOS, and the production values seem okay. Uh, it's not out yet. It's set in the 80s, so before Harry Potter goes to school, but after Voldemort, Voldemort goes down. Seeing taking another drink here. Um, and is people are actually going to be famous, like, People reprising the roles of this. So you got um, Michael Gambon, uh, Ma- Maggie Smith, um, Zoe Wanamaker, Madam Hooch. I don't actually remember that name. I'm looking at this article. Those first two, Gambon and Ma- Maggie Smith, are back in. That's awesome. So I'm happy to see that uh, they're getting some of the movie voice actor continu- continuity because th- those are kind of who I've personally uh, associated with those roles to. to Almost exclusive. I, I picture, except for maybe uh, Dan, Dan Radcliffe. I don't really picture him as Harry when I picture Harry because I, I picture the dude illustrated in front of those books, which looks he looks a bit different. Um, but everyone else, I pretty much just picture as themselves, and that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, but anyway, so we're getting these mystery this mystery game, and I, I'm actually like Detective Pikachu. I'm down for some mystery games. I. Do need it to be good though, so I'll be looking forward to see reviews. Moving on. Middle Earth Shadow of War's microtransactions are being removed from the game. My only comment on that is it's a little bit too late, guys. <laughs> too little, too late, you're done. Sorry, you fucked up. You done fucked up. 
I don't care. Most people don't give a fuck. Uh, maybe if it comes up on a Steam sale, people will be less inclined to not buy it. Maybe that's what they've achieved by this. Um, if that is all they've seeked to achieve, I think this works. I think I think this gives a little bit of positive sentiment behind this game. Um, but predominantly, f- fuck, you're done. You're done. You had your chance. You fucked it. Move on. That's how games work. It's a dog eat dog world. Uh, next up on piece of news, uh, Dragon Quest XI comes to the West in September. Um, that is a cool thing. So PS4 and um, PCs, so Steam versions have been announced for September 4th, Dragon Quest XI. I have not played a single Dragon Quest game. Um, and it was, it's it's difficult because this is a fucking 3DS game that they've essentially just added CG to, like CG cutscenes to. Um and God, like I have no idea how this will look on a on a fucking PC and a 4K monitor or whatever. Uh, in my case, like I, I don't know. It's they're adding English VO, which I don't know if I should, should be happy about because fuck, I Square Enix VO hasn't been the greatest. Um, but man, like there's a video here which is the first look at the Western version. I don't. Okay, I take everything back. This are they actually? Is this actually a, a? Maybe they just redid all the graphics for the, for the uh, for the 3DS game. The game was released on Japan last summer on the Nintendo 3DS and PS4. Okay, okay, okay. So we're essentially getting the, the PS4 version coming over. This game looks excellent. Holy cow! Like I'm, I'm looking in videos for this. It looks like a like kind of a mix between Zelda. And Final Fantasy. That's kind. Of, that's kind of what I'm, see, I'm feeling here. Uh, it's got a cel shadedy kind of art style, so a little bit like Tales there, but much more um, Final Fantasy Zelda crossover looking art style itself, not Talesy. Um, I like for people who don't who already know what Dragon Quest XI is. I'm sorry, but this is the first time I'm really seeing it long form in in on the PS4. This looks great, man. Oh god, some of the the bad guys look kind of dumb, but. Um, Overall, like I'm excited. I have not played a, uh, I have not played a Dragon Quest. Ever. Like I've just said it, but I just it's still surprising to me that I've never played Dragon Quest. Because you know how much I'm like into JRPGs. Um, this is cool. I'm. I hope the translation is good. I hope the VO is good. But if it's bad, I hope we get the Japanese VO on disc. Um, and damn, like I'm happy we're finally getting Dragon Quest Eleven release date. Finally, going to give that a shot. On Steam, most likely, if I was to guess. All right, moving on. It's the s- actually last piece of news before I talk about PS5 stuff this week. Um, wow, it's already been 45 minutes. Damn, okay. So, Cyberpunk 2077 single player is an immense story-driven RPG, but multiplayer is not ruled out, says CD Projekt. This is, again, reported by Games 1. Um, that is exactly what I wanted to hear. Um, from their quote, even though it's going to be a very different game than The Witcher 3, with no predefined character or futuristic world, it is going to be just the same as The Witcher 3, namely a single-player game purchased for a one-off fee. That is wonderful, wonderful news, CD Projekt. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm... I hope they go for the Mass Effect model. 
regarding having no predefined character. Like that's really what I want. Whether it's um, I don't care to what extent you're. We're talking about like male, female, and non-binary. Like I don't, I don't give a fuck. Just have as pick your options and stay with them. Only male, but you can customize a character. Only female, but you can customize a character. All three, but you can customize a character. I don't care. But make sure that you have a storyline and options that reflect the options you put in the game, like Mass Effect. If you're playing a girl, I want to play... I want the storyline to reflect that I'm female. Like, I want people to... like. Essentially, I want to be able to have the same distribution that makes sense regarding straight and gay characters. Uh, that that reflects that. Um, I like, for example, I don't want to play through as a dude and have the same romance options as I do as a chick. That doesn't make sense. So, like, I like Mass Effect. Um, make it matter which you choose. Sorry, wow, that's a bad word. Why the fuck did I say that? Which you chose. <laughs> choosed fuck me i'm tired um make it matter what you chose uh and yeah pick your like pick up your weapons and stick to those guns like if you're gonna do all three do all three if you if you're gonna do two do two and stick to those guns if you're gonna do one i can only play a chick but i can customize her like all hell do it but just make sure the game and narrative fits that that's what i want um that is awesome mass sorry Mass Effect 2 was awesome. And I really am looking forward to finally playing another game that good again. Um, sorry, another RPG, single-player RPG that good again. I I, I actually don't think I've played an RPG because in the timeline since, I, would, I believe I played Persona 4 before Mass Effect 2. I'm not actually sure which order I play those in. Um, but... In terms of like a Western RPG, I actually prefer Mass Effect Two to Witcher Three. Like, I, like I, I don't think I've played anything that good before. And part of that is because just the the amount of interleaving options you have in that storyline was just breathtaking. The way that I can that that can spawn out, sprawl out. The like Witcher Three was close. Like the individual storylines, sorry, the story arcs like the Bloody Baron, etc., were deeper than Mass Effect, but it had so much fewer of them that went to that level of depth. Mass Effect was kind of like half as deep, but four times as many, and I prefer that, um, that distribution. And I, if so, it, if they're doing this with a no predefined character outset, that actually gives them the opportunity, I think. I think if you have if you don't have a predefined character, it allows you to explore a larger breadth of um, of side quests. Maybe that maybe that's a false premise. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I, I think that makes sense because um, you have more things that a predefined character like Geralt wouldn't do. Like Geralt wouldn't uh, join a bank. Rob, like bank robbery crew or whatever, right? Like he, he maybe he joined them as an undercover person to take them out because whatever vampires or some shit like that. Um, but he's not about just robbing banks. But if you have no predefined character, you can do things ambiguous with their moral stance, or at least have um, a, a, a potentially larger body of side quests to do. Um, 
So that is cool. Like I, I've, I like the idea of them putting what they learned from The Witcher Three into this game, which has a undefined main, sorry, undefined main character. And I really hope they execute on something like Mass Effect Two with regard to how much that undefined character or non-predetermined character still ties into the storyline. Uh, if they do that, then that's amazing. But it's a big, it's a tall order because fucking only one game's done that that well. <laughs> I'd say Mass Effect Three has been improved to the point where it's close. Um, Mass Effect 1 actually is arguably better, but I personally prefer Mass Effect 2 just because I like how much I like the cost of Mass Effect 2 more. But Mass Effect 1 and 2 is pretty much the only ones I can think of that did it that well, and so it's a tall order, but this is CD Projekt, so um, this is good news so far, and I hope they execute on what promise this good news brings. Take another drink. And finally... This week, um, before I do a quick talk about Yakuza Zero, sorry, Yakuza Kiwami, um, we've got PlayStation Five news. This is fun. So, um, semiaccurate.com, a uh, website that has was um, correct about the NX from memory. That's uh, kind of why this is relatively believable. Um, has an article that no one's read because a thousand dollars to read. Uh, but the article has been summarized by a user on um, resetera.com, which is the replacement of NeoGAF, if you don't know, if, you're, if you've been living on the rock, um, by Mike, name and Micah Jr. And he said the following. This, this is his summary. I'm just going to read it out verbatim and then discuss it. So PlayStation 5 hardware spec... Um, sorry, I'll... Before I do this, I'm actually going to rewind. So I'm going to address this in two ways. PlayStation 5, the actual news has been found by Semi-Accurate, as summarized by Mikey Jr. Um, on Reset Era. And the second half of this is going to be me discussing a separate article by, um, let's see, what was it? GamingBolt.com, written written by uh, Shabhankar Padat, which is a cool name. Um, but... So written by that guy uh, on GameBolt.com. And that one, that article talks about like the things they want to see from PlayStation 5. And I'm, gonna, I wanna actually, I'm actually curious. I haven't read them all yet. I'm actually curious to go through that list and see how much I disagree or with or disagree with and why. Um, or I think are likely and unlikely. So that's the two, two parts of this. So first we're going to talk about hardware and then we're going to talk about speculation. So hardware, um, this is Mikey Jr.'s um, summary. So you've got Quick summary of PlayStation 5 article. Uses AMD's Navi as base architecture, not specifically using Navi. Okay, so it uses Navi as its base architecture. So what that means. So currently, the Vega 64 and Vega 56 are the AMD's offerings that go, that go up against the NVIDIA GTX 1080 and 1070. Um, they're the graphics card things that... that AMD is using the uh, version in the PS4 and Xbox One are what's called Polaris, to my knowledge. Um, so Polaris is the thing that preceded Vega. Polaris is uh, essentially was designed for low power graphics processing, so things like laptops, 
and to a less, a much lesser extent, tablets, but um, laptops primarily. That kind of power envelope, because with anything that produces a lot of computation, a compute, I was going to say this compute, um, anything that produces a lot of compute, you need a lot of energy to go into it because you're literally, you can just think of it as shoving electrons through a maze. You, you are if you can think about a process of that way it's a it's not even accurate but it's just a it's a good mental metaphor to, to hold in your head um but you're shoving electrons through an incredibly dense complex maze like you, you hear about these things with like um 300 million transistors or whatever like think about that as turns in a maze and you're shoving these electrons through these 300 million turns and rays, each of which are lead to other turns and just make a incredibly complex mass. So um, that clearly re requires a lot of energy. You, the more complex and powerful a um, graphics processor uses, the more energy it uses. However, if you uh, make the the highways in that maze or the the paths in that maze narrower i.e. Uh, and therefore allow, allow a few electrons to travel on it, but also keep the same amount of paths so you can do the same amount of computation, but you require less electrons. That's what, you, what, that's what happens when you shrink a die. So when you go from um, 22 nanometer to 14 nanometer, what that means is essentially the paths on the maze of a processor are getting thinner, but the amount of paths remains the same. So the complexity remains the same, but you need less electrons to travel the maze to find to for one to come out the other side and give you the answer. None of that is accurate to what actually happens in the processor, but it's a good mental metaphor. So <laughs> um, two generations ago, sorry, one generation ago now, but two generations ago next year. One generation ago now is Polaris, made for a low power output, very, um, sorry, it's not very underpowered, but it's an underpowered, ish graphics processor unit um made for laptops and low and, and that kind of shit and for low-end um pc graphics hardware so you're the highest one of that is gtx 580 at the moment and that is about as okay as a 1060 and that's the highest polaris tops out at right so it has it's better in 1060 in some ways worse in other ways whatever that is what the ps4 and xbox one are based on the polaris um it was also based on a uh, very old form of processor called Jaguar, which I won't go into at this moment. I'll talk about it next. Um, so essentially, Polaris was then. Then came Vega, which is far more energy-hungry. Also not as efficient, because those things generally go hand-in-hand. Hand, and not as good as the current NVIDIA hardware. So they go up against the 1070 and 1080, but they generally don't perform as well as the 1070 and 1080. Um, very power hungry. Um, that is the Vega architecture, which this is not using. So apparently they are, according to semi-accurate, they will not be using Vega, which I think is a is good news because, every, again, all, everything comes down to energy and heat. Consoles need to use a very small, sorry, need to generate a very small amount of heat because the more heat you generate in a small area, the more failures you'll have. Also, the harder it is to cool. And if you need to cool something a lot, you need to make it very loud. Look at the PS4 Pro. Um, or you need to have a very expensive cooling solution that somehow stays quiet but also cools well, like a like the Xbox One X. Um, so 
in general, you want to keep the energy you use, therefore the heat you generate low. To do that, you generally take a processor designed to run like a Vega 64, i.e. a 1080 class piece of kit, and then you underclock it. So essentially it is pegging its, its the pedal to the metal to produce the amount of graphics that you want it to produce, that is advertising the box to produce. But if it's doing that, it's producing its total amount of heat, it's the all the heat it possibly can. If you brought that down to say 50% mark, then it's um, potentially the more efficient part of its uh, energy curve. So say if you think about a car, cars are designed to run at a specific velocities um, and be the most fuel efficient, same with planes. So cars are like, uh, in Australian terms, in kilometers an hour, it's like 110 kilometers an hour and 70 kilometers an hour are two good breakpoints to go out for long periods of time in your car because they'll use very little fuel. Same with the planes, it's like um, 700 something ish kilometers an hour is is like the 747s. I forget the actual number. It's like that's roughly like what the 747s cruising velocity is, or I think it's 700 or 900, one of those two. But if you stick it, they can go faster, but if you stick at that velocity, um, you will be the best, most fuel efficient. That if you if you think of everything being a fuel efficiency versus performance curve, where the further you go, wow, maybe I'm being overcomplicated, but maybe say for example, if you if you're running a 1080 at max, um, it is x efficient and produces y performance. It is um, 10 points, 10 out of 10. If sorry, it is five out of 10 efficient and 10 out of 10 performance. If you bring it down. Uh, to half that, maybe, you'll get something to 9 out of 10 efficient, but 5 out of 10 performance. And that's kind of where consoles want to sit. They want to produce um, a, sorry, well, the best case scenario is being like 9 out of 10 efficient up from 5, and 7 out of 10 performance only down by 3. That's kind of where you want to be in terms of... Um, a, a, a cycle, a, a curve, you, you want to be the most efficient you can be for the most performance you can get. And that's always a factor where you're losing one or the other. It's always the more uh, performance you want, the less efficient you get, etc. So um, at the extremes, wow, I'm getting, I'm getting too complicated. I'll, I'll pull back on this. I'm sorry if I'm boring you, but whatever, I'm pulling back on this. Um, so essentially what you're saying is, if they had Vega in the PS5, then it would be really shit because Vega ain't that great already when it comes to fucking uh, efficiency and performance. So if you downclocked it, maybe you'll get more efficiency, but it's already lagging in performance. So you're just going to make it lag by performance more, which is going to have the same problem as you have right now with consoles being underpowered. That's the long story short of that fucking aside. So we've got, so we've got, um, so we won't be using Vega and that's great news. Apparently, it won't be using Vega. It will be using something based on Navi. So Navi is the next thing coming up um, after Vega. And what that means is um, it'll be even more, potentially even more efficient and updated um, design of the chips. Let's just say that way. Um, GPU design. Therefore, you'll have something that potentially has a better, what they call performance per watt, um, or the better curve for, say you're, you're stuck at only ever putting in 50 watts into your CPU, or your GPU in this case. Maybe, so say you can only put in 50 watts into to your, CPU, to your GPU, 
with that same 50 watts, with a better performance watt, that means you'll get more performance for that 50 watts than you would otherwise. So Navi is a higher efficiency, better performance per watt than most likely a higher efficiency, better performance watt than Vega, which is again, good news. Also what Navi does, and the base principle behind Navi is parallelism. That's always been uh, AMD's shtick, but in this case, it's particularly important because um, what that means for Navi is scalability, i.e. Uh, if you think about SLI, that's kind of what we're talking here, um, but not as bad as SLI. So SLI is, uh, for people that know, you can buy two graphics cards, uh, chuck them into your PC, and they will perform roughly 20% better than having one graphics card. <laughs> So if you're the bleeding edge of money, 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 or dollar, dollar bills, motherfucker, level PC gaming, um, if you're in that side of it, then you have people who buy like three graphics cards for their for their computers, put them in SLI, and get like 18% more performance, or maybe 30% more performance, depending if they're lucky and the game's optimized for it. So it's essentially a very incredibly wasteful thing when done in a structure that wasn't actually made to support that. Things are made for single graphics cards, except for compute programs, um, which aren't games. Like we're talking about like rendering shits made from both multi graphics cards. Games aren't, generally. Um, and there's also limitations of having multiple graphics cards because gra because computation has to be done so fast, things like um, memory get in the way. So one graphics card knows what's going to be rendered next, put on your screen next. The other graphics card needs to be told by the first graphics card what needs to be put in the scene next if, it, if, if they're to work together. That process of one graphics card telling the other graphics card takes time. And in a time-sensitive thing like running at 120 frames a second... You can do that. So you, you get, you see where it comes here. Parallelism generally found as bad so far or in, incredibly inefficient so far. However, if you do have, in the case of memory, two chips, both accessing the same memory at the same time, therefore you do not need to tell, sorry, for one chip to tell the other before that chip knows about what to render next then you are in a position where it is potentially the case that you'll get double the performance. You most likely will not. But you may at least you may at least get 80% more performance instead of 15% more performance, right? That is what Navi is based on. It is based on having clusters of fully developed GPUs. That's what we what it sounds like, scalability. Um so not just like individual compute units within a GPU, but clusters of GPUs to create one larger GPU stack, essentially. So that's interesting because it could be, say for example, they keep using Polaris, but um, maybe make it a little bit more efficient and bring it into the Navi architecture. So multiple Polarises working together somehow, I don't know how they do this, multiple Polarises working together to create your thing that's as powerful as the 1080 Ti, for example, which is, on paper, possible, but actually probably impossible. Um, 
but yeah, so say say they do that, then you have a case where something's as efficient as a Polaris, which would be made for again laptops, but performing like a full desktop P- uh, GPU. That's what Navi's about, and what they're possibly using in the PS5. So it means that it is possible to expect high-end, sorry, current high-end PC performance in the PS5. I don't think that will happen. However, I think. Say let's let's have a look at teraflops teraflops of the 1080 Ti. Let's see. So the 1080 Ti GTX 1080 Ti teraflops isn't the best way to to fucking um, compute things, but the GTX 1080 Ti uh, has currently produces 11.3 teraflops boosted. Or fourteen point three teraflops overclocked. It's got a base number, but who cares about the base number? Um, because fuck it, no one runs these things in stock. Um, they're even built to normally overclock themselves as part of their their standard operating. So let's, let's just take eleven point three teraflops as its power. Uh, the ten fifty or ten six. Let's just for to be kind, right? Let's say it's equivalent to 1050 Ti. The PS4 uh, Pro is probably closer to 1063 gigabytes. So that's 3.9 teraflops. So a four teraflop ish um, car, like GPUs in the in the PS4. 1080 Ti 11. So say you take that Polaris example and you you somehow find a way to get three or four Polaris's to work together in a stack. You're currently you're looking at a potential throughput of 12 teraflops or 16 teraflops. That would be 1080i performance in a console. That's the promise of Navi. What I think will happen is we'll probably get somewhere closer to what Mark Cerny said was the requirement to do 4K with current gen. Um, he said eight teraflops is what you needed, what you need to do 4K um, with current gen graphics graphics properly native so that's the eight teraflop number i think that that is a good starting point to guess at where ps5 will sit uh, that is the equivalent of a 1080 at the moment faster than 1070 so that's pretty cool um i think it will be probably in that eight to ten range if they're really awesome they'll get it to ten um by this navi process i don't think that's that's what they'll do but it's possible right it's possible that they'll get to ten Let's just say eight to ten is the the striking range. That means they'll get proper four K graphics in the next PS Four, and that is possible because the Navi architecture. And I think that's all plausible, and that's great news. That's that's a long story short of that single data point so far. I've already made it one line. This is my jury summary, but there you go. That's probably the most important line. He started with the most important one. So uh, yeah, graphics card wise, if I was to guess, we're looking at ten eighty performance ish in a in a PS5, if it is coming out next year, using this Navi tech, um, that's not so. A PC running a 1080 can't do 4K 60, right? So it's not actually that impressive if we're talking about a next gen console. Considering current gen consoles do um, pseudo 4K 30 fine, I don't feel that the step up to pseudo 4K 60, sorry, pseudo. 
from pseudo 4k 30 to true 4k 30 i don't think that's a big enough step up to warrant a difference in console generations and that's all you'll get if you get to uh from what they currently have to a 1080 you'll get to true 4k 6 true 4k 30 in current gen graphics which is fine when you're talking about people like uh, Santa Monica Studio or Naughty Dog who can work their wizard magic and make current gen games look like next gen games even though they fucking should not be able to on the hardware. But for everyone else, uh, that's not good enough. Assassin's Creed uh, Origins looks pretty good. It is not next gen good. It is not what I picture a next gen console to look like good. And that's at six teraflops running all out at 30, um, which is the Xbox One X. So if you're just saying you're getting to 8 to 10, which is what I think this is the reality of the situation, um, that's that's not that impressive, except for those first-party studios. Uh, but still, it is it is within the realm of plausibility, and that's kind of where I'm sticking my 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 flag at. at The 8 to 10 range is what we'll probably get. If you get more than that, that could be spectacular. And hopefully, um, if you get the con these, this, the standard thing where if you could already do something that looks like Dark Souls 3, sorry, Shadow of the Colossus Remastered on a PS4, what could that developer do when if going from 4 teraflops to 8 to 10 teraflops? That's where you really get the exciting stuff. Um, it's just that um, the argument of consoles lifting the... Uh, being the wave that lifts all ships, right? Uh, where when consoles get better, everyone gets better because the baseline changes. That might not be as much the case if you stick to 8 to 10. But maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I'm probably wrong. I, pro pro I bet developers can do some fucking wizardly shit with 8 to 10, and that could be great. But that's looking like what we're getting. Moving on. CPU is going to custom Zen is the next line of Mike Jr.'s um, breakdown. So here's that's cool. That's uh, probably even more important than the, the GPU change at the moment. If you're a performance guy, if you're a, um, a image quality guy like myself, uh, who I'm, I'm excited about things like ray tracing coming up. I didn't talk about ray tracing in the show, but let's just say, because I, I want to see it actually happen before I go deep into it. But uh, with ray tracing coming up around the corner, i.e. real lighting, not fake lighting, as is cur currently all games fake their lighting. Ray tracing is clo far closer to real lighting. And real lighting is just about around the corner. And that could be mean a whole lot for how good games look in terms of stepping towards photo real. That's just around the corner and, and it takes a lot of oomph. Um, so I'm an image quality guy and that stuff isn't really affected by your, your CPU. So... Uh, this isn't a big win on that side of things. It's a big win on the performance side of things. If you're a guy who likes 60 frames a second, moving to Zen is a big mofucking deal. Um, going from Jaguar to Zen is like going from a um, mobile GPU, mobile CPU to a Pentium i5. It's, it's like a a whole different deal, man. Uh, sorry, Pentium. It's a Intel i5, a Core i5, Pentium. 
Um, God, it's a, that makes me feel old. Uh, yeah, so it's it's like going from de- a mobile CPU to a desktop CPU. That that's how big that changes. Um, that's a big deal uh, for performance, guys. And I, I'm I'm happy for you. Hopefully, they don't cripple the Zen with like way too low a clock speed or whatever. Um, Zen's good because it does well at lower clocks. Um, like sorry, it has a very high instructions per clock, especially if you can parallelize the processing because it's got so many cores. Uh, so if this thing's like a eight core, sixteen thread, or maybe like six core, twelve thread um, CPU, that's a that's that's a huge win for people who want performance, want consistent buttery FPS. That's what you're getting, and this is hundred percent plausible. Zen's already out there; it's doing well. It's it's proven itself as being good, um, not only from a um, performance perspective, but also from a energy consumption perspective. So both of these things work are working well. And so I'm 100% pleased this is believable and a good step in the right direction. Um, will we see a massive bump to AI and stuff? Probably not. But will we see like way more crowd dynamics and crowd physics, more fluid flow dynamics and stuff? Because that's what crowd movement is. Crowd movement is pretty much just fluid flow. Um, yes, and that is really cool. So you actually see cities that look closer to real. You'll see way, way more... Um, cars in the streets, which was the promise for the PS3 era, we never got it. PS4 era, we never got it, and now we find we actually might finally get it because the processor will finally be able to fucking keep up if they move to Zen, which is what this says they will, which is great. Um, next up, so now we're we're getting kind of um out of the hardware news part of it. So those are my hardware really um thoughts. All, all in all, sounds great. Um, makes more sense for 2019 than 18 because Navi isn't ready yet. Um, nowhere near. They, and Vegas kind of shit. Uh, so I want them to spend more time on the hardware. So yeah, it makes more sense for 2019. But the news is good if true. Very good if true. And I'm excited to see what people like Naughty Dog and Santa Monica do with 10 teraflops, which is my guess. 8 to 10. Anyway, large amount of dev kits, this is an SPC news, not a large amount of dev kits have apparently gone out. Um, so that makes sense. Like we're, if you're talking about 2018, 2019 timeframe for release, um, 2019 more likely, you need them out now. Take a drink there. Um, you need them out. So people can actually port their games. Because let's be clear, first-gen releases are probably going to be ports. Mostly fucking ports, especially with how popular they've been proving this gen. I swear ports are more popular this gen than I've ever been before. Um, or remakes, or whatever you want to call them. So I, I people need the, the dev kits now so they can port their shitty games. Not, not shitty. They port their games, their old games. Um... They'll also need the hardware now. If there are to make the shitty uh, new IP um, launch games, like you, you need those shitty new IP launch games because you need new at launch. I need them out. These dev kits out now to do that. There's no way they can get that out um, for them. People are probably already working on PS5 stuff, but without uh, confirmed dev kits, you can't really do uh, any fine tuning. So. They need them out now for next year release. 
Um, the author of the actual article suggests a 2018 release for PS5 is not out of the question based on the amount of dev kits released. That, to me, is a misattribution of the um, cause, sorry, the intent behind releasing a lot of dev kits. Uh, I think Sony, with every generation, is learning more and more from the previous, so they know that they need to get more dev kits out sooner. Every generation, that's been a consistent finding. You need more dev kits out sooner. Um, so the fact that he's suggesting there might be 2018 release because there's been shitloads of dev kits going out, um, that's, I think, incorrect. I think they're just saying they're going to stick to 2019, but they've learned that they need to get lots of dev kits out. That's what that says to me. Or 2020, who knows, but I think 2019. I don't think 2018 is a thing. Uh, the reason I don't think 2018 is a thing is because that'll, I think they know and we know that'll piss us off. That'll piss more people off than it makes happy. I will still buy a PS5 in 2018, but I've got, I'm fucking single, 30, like 30 years old and have a shitload of income. Like I have no expenses. I can, I have, I can spend fucking too much money on things that don't matter, like fucking consoles. <laughs> the normal people can. And with how much sales they have, for PS4s, um, they will just be shooting themselves in the foot. It's PS4 is still number one month after month. It still has the best games of its life on the road to it. Like it's still they're not out yet. Like I I I think God of War is gonna be one of the best games on PS4, especially with those previews. I think Last of Us Part Two might be my game of generation if it lines up. Probably too much expectations to show at it. I, I shouldn't think of it that way. Currently, my game of the gen is probably Witcher 3. Um, Orange Hearted 4. I don't know. One of those two. Uh, but yeah, like, fuck, man. If if God of War matches the previews, people seem to be really into that game. Um, the best game is still to come. So if you really... And fucking Final Fantasy VII Remake hasn't come out yet. Kingdom Hearts 3 hasn't come out yet. A bunch of shit hasn't come out yet. So they do a PS5 this year. I think you'll piss off more people than you'll make happy. Um, but next year seems about right. Seems about right. Because uh, they, they said from the outset, they, they learned from the PS3 that the PS3 generation was too long. Eight years was too long. And we're sitting at like four or something now. Four or five. I forget what. When did the PS4 come out? PS4 release date. 2013, yeah. So the, the PS4 released in 2013 is now 2018. It has been almost five years. So yeah, it, we're looking like I would. It is time. It is six years is about right. Eight was too long. Seven I still think is too long, but six is about right. So next year, 2019 sounds good. Next piece of news: uh, VR goodies are baked in on the silicon level. Um. Yeah, sure. I think VR has still got a lot of promise. It all depends on the headsets. Headsets aren't there yet. Uh, they are much, 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 much better than they were in two thousand one or nineteen ninety eight or fucking wherever they last got popular. Um, like it's fucking not even comparable. Like a vibe is not even comparable to a Virtual Boy, right? But it's still not there yet. You need it wireless. Um. You need that wireless transition technology on point. You need the tracking on point. And tracking is kind of there. Wireless is kind of there, but it's all too bulky. So the last thing you need is miniaturization, and you haven't gotten to that step yet. Um, 
inside out tracking, for example, is a long way towards it. Not having to have base stations around your room, big way towards that. Oxus is kind of getting there, apparently. That's what that would that's been their announcement for a while now, but we have we haven't yet to see the proof of that pudding. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not surprised they're giving up in VR. I'm personally giving up in VR for the next like three to five years. I really need to see these new headsets before I even remotely think about it again. And with that, that is the um, semi-accurate summary from that article. Um, pretty good summary. Essentially, Navi, GPU, good news. Zen, CPU, very good news. A large amount of dev kits gone out, good news. 2018 or 2019 release date, good news. Um, VR baked in, neutral. Excellent word. Happy days, happy days. It's very, it's very infrequent that you see only good news out of a speculation for a new console. Or at least, sorry, I should that, no bad news. Um, which brings me to GameVault.com, um, written by Shubanka Pajat. Uh, this is his, what they think uh, what we want, what GamingBolt.com wants Sony implement for its next console. I only picked this because, as I said, top 15. I'm like, that's a cute number of, of talking points. Let's talk about it. Uh, first point, better CPU and GPU. Already discussed it. I'll move on. I'll just go through these, each, each one. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about them if there's something to talk about. Uh, the reason I decided on this in general is because of point number two, because I saw it and laughed out loud. Um, backwards compatibility. The classic example of things people ask for and no one fucking uses but at the same time is almost inarguably a good thing to have <laughs> it's just a strange all-around thing where i want backwards compatibility you probably want backwards compatibility if we don't get it we'll be kind of annoyed we'll be affected by it probably not That's that's the reality of it, right? I don't I don't have enough time to play Yakuza and Nino Kuni, let alone going back and playing fucking I know, God of War three on the PS three. Like I in part in prep before, I thought about it for a hot second, but I could just watch the story on YouTube or something, or just watch Huber, Michael Huber from Easy Allies play it, and that was a fun playthrough to watch. Or bits of anyway, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. So I'm too fucking busy for that. Like I, I don't, I don't need backwards compatibility. And then I think people, as time goes on and people get older, need it less and less. To be honest, unless you're getting nostalgic, you're that kind of person. Um, but for the normal kind of person, like whatever, is it good to have? Absolutely yes. Because I do. I want the option of putting in Persona Four and playing that again, like a PS2 game, playing that again on my PS5. Yes, I want that option. That would be awesome. I would love to see it upscale it even. Um, Will I regret it not being there? No, not really. Not 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 if I'm being pragmatic and realistic. Um, if they do announce it, it's a win, sure. If they don't announce it, will it be a slight bump? Yes. Um, so overall, like, good to have. The talking about hardware wise, uh, it'll. Put the whether they have it or not will put the lie to their decision to move to x86. Because if they're they're on x86 now, which is the the code base essentially, or what do you want to call it? The 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 I'm just going to call it code base. So I don't think it's the right word, but whatever. It's the code base of what they're um, 
using to program for the PS4 is the same as PC, which is the x86 architecture. Um, if they can't go to a new console and they can't do backwards compatibility, they can no longer claim bullshit like, oh, there's a fundamental architecture shift. Especially if they're saying with the same fucking manufacturer. So they're going from AMD to AMD, right? x86 to x86, and they still can't pull up backwards compatibility, that's just fucking sad. Like, that would be a point where I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, just, just fuck you. You just, you can do it. You're just not. Um, you can put resources behind it. You're just not. Um, and again, like, does it actually affect me? Probably not in the long term. Um, but it'll put the lie to their bullshit about x86. Essentially, it's always, oh, the only reason they did it was to make it easier to transition from PC to, C to PS4, which is fair. But um, any time in the past where they have, where people have speculated, Sony or otherwise, regarding making it easier to do backwards compatibility in the future, yeah, bullshit. It still requires effort. They're not going to put in that effort. Um, even if the if the Navi-based thing in the PS5 is actually three Polaris's stapled together, um, they're not going to do it. Even if you only need to disable two of two thirds of the the CPU, or sorry, the GPU in the PS5 to get your uh, perfect PS4 backwards compatibility going, they're still not doing it. <laughs> I, I bet you. I bet you they're not doing it. Um, and if I'm wrong, good for them. Good for them and a win for us, but whatever. Next point, page 3 out of 15 uh, on GameVault.com. Bigger standard hard drives. That almost goes without saying. I think the at the moment it's like 500 gigs and 1 terabyte are... The norms, um, I think you need to start at one terabyte. I don't, I don't actually think you need multiple terabytes in these things, primarily because I, th I think the actual problem is compression of 4K assets. Um, if you have a better CPU in your gaming console, you can afford to compress the assets better, which will keep your file sizes down. And that's probably why I prefer that going. I would, I don't want to download 120 tera, like gigabytes for a game that's five hours long. Because the download time will take longer than the game will to play. And that's fucked. <laughs> Especially with that shitty network. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't... No, I, I'm... I've, Keep the hard drive as one terabyte minimum. I think that's fair to ask for. That's 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 a 2018, 2019 number, one terabyte. Um, does it need to be SSD? No. Just just have a lot of RAM like you do now and just load it all to RAM. That's fine. Um, more RAM, obviously, you can't just get away with eight, but you need more than eight, but eight gigs, sorry. Um, but no, you just need one terabyte and put more money into the compression side of things. So that's what you should do. Uh, because I want, like, yeah, sure, it's it's easy to ask for a four terabyte hard drive, but I want this thing to be three nine nine US dollars, right? And if I just to pick a point for them to um, save money on, it would be hard drive. It would not be CPU, GPU, cooling solution, um, industrial design. Like that, those I don't want them to save money on. Yes, I want. I, yes, I did say industrial design because yes, I kind of want it to look cool too. Sorry. Standard four K resolution is the next point. Page four out of fifteen. Um, not gonna happen. Well, sorry, I should back away from that. Output will be four K. Games will, on average, hit four K native. 
I think dynamic resolution has been a consistently good solution to maintain frame rates in this generation. Therefore, you will not see a consistent um, pinned 4K resolution. So if people don't know what that means, um, currently games output a certain resolution, so your 1080p or, or 4, 4K, but they're rendering games in the background at things like 1440p in the 4K sense or uh, 900p for 1080p sense. And um, essentially using various techniques to blow that up to full screen. That allows them to render fewer pixels and not lose too much video visual quality which allows them to have higher or more consistent frame rates. And I think, even though I'm not a frame rate guy, I do want to be locked to whatever frame rate you choose. So if you're a 30 FPS game, stay at 30, motherfucker. If you're a 60 FPS game, goddamn stay at 60. And if you need to do resolution scaling to do so, do so. Um, which is what a lot of good developers do. Um, so will we get games that are locked 4K native 30 or 60 frames a second we'll get some but games which choose to do dynamic resolutions will probably end up looking better in some cases significantly better because say you have the horsepower to drive a game 4k 60 but instead you put that horsepower behind running that game at 1440p 4040p 30 the game that comes out the other end is going to have so much more going on on screen so much more going on on screen. It might be low resolution. Your AA might not be quite as good, though that's arguable because you can do quite good things with temporal AA. And by AA, I mean anti-aliasing. Um, so jagginess. So I, yeah, I think you're not going to get standard 4K resolution across the board. If that's what you mean by standard. If you mean that it'll be every game will have an, out, an output that fills a 4K screen, yes that will be standard. I think that's almost certain to be the case. Um, question is whether 8K is going to be it. I hope not, because fuck 8K for now. Next up. Multiple SKUs is something they want for the next system. Uh, I think that's fine. Bigger HDDs uh, is fine. That, that's kind of the standard, right? The option to have a larger hard drive if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. They should do that, sure. Moving on. Better VR capabilities is another one on the list. I'm, I've already said my point on that. Uh, I think that it'll be baked into the hardware. That makes sense, because that's just how, like VR is just part of graphics um, firmware now. It's not even firmware, um, drivers. Drivers just have it built in. DirectX has it built in. VR is just part of it. Um, the actual, like whether they should release a new PlayStation VR, I don't know, probably if it's cheaper and has, Inside out tracking, maybe. Wireless charging for controllers is another point. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. I wouldn't mind if there's an official wireless charging accessory. I don't think you can have it in built in. Uh, I, again, it comes down to I want this thing to be three nine nine. I don't. I wouldn't put that money towards. I don't gain enough by having wireless charging for that to impact the price point of the final product. So I wouldn't ask for a default. Do I wish there was a, a good wireless charging accessory? Yeah, that'd be pretty damn cool. That'd be pretty damn cool. Um, 
at least fast charging. At least have the standard like, oh, you plug this in for 15 minutes, you get five like four hours of charge. Uh, like fast charging is something they need the, in these controllers, and I don't think they have at the moment, which could be good. Um, or 15 minutes equals an hour. Five minutes equals an hour of charge. I forget what the, like how fast some of the fastest implementations are now, but some of them are ridiculous. You put those into controllers, that could solve a lot of people's problems. Like I can get a sandwich, and by the time I get back, the, the control is like enough for another hour or two of gameplay. That's that's fucking great. That's what they need in these things. Wireless charging, good alternative. Uh, HD Rumble is something they're asking for. Sure, take it or leave it. Um, better Rumble, I think that'll happen. I think I think I think that arms race is of low enough import and complexity that they will go. Yeah, sure, we'll do that too. Both for Sony and Microsoft. But point at Nintendo. Nintendo's already doing it. I would not be surprised. It's like, yeah, all right, fuck it, we'll do it too. Um, that's of low enough difficulty and probably low enough costs that I can see that happening. Sure. Uh, would would I object if they don't have HD Rumble? No. Don't care enough. I just need some form of Rumble. I I remember the days of the PS3 having no Rumble, and I actually did miss Rumble during those days. So yes, I wouldn't. I I want Rumble. I like the tactile feedback. Do I need it HDized? No, not really. Crossplay goes without saying would be excellent to have. Is going to happen? Probably not. Because Sony's being evil again, apparently. Bigger RAM will be required. That's no. This is number ten and fifteen. Bigger RAM um, will be required. You can't get away with eight in a four K world. Sorry. Free online multiplayer not going to happen. Next. Better network features. Okay, that's a, this is an interesting one. 12 out of 15. Better ne ne network features. This is the write-up. Of course, Sony is going to insist on having their online features locked behind subscription fees. They're going to have to make it worth it. Microsoft recently vowed one and all with their announcements. Yeah, this guy has a couple of typos. That's, come on, guy. Um, Microsoft recently vowed once and for all with all their announcement. I'm correcting him as I go along, by the way. Uh, with with their announcement for the Netflix-like Game Pass service, which is exactly the kind of service most almost no one would mind paying for. We don't expect Sony to do the exact same thing, though they very well might do so, depending on how well Game Pass does. But we do expect them to make PSN a more beefy, more full-featured service. It is not bad right now, but we hope to see significant improvements with the PS5. I don't know what you'd add to PSN. All I want is a place to buy games and then play it uh, multiplayer with voice chat, and it already does that. You just need to do what you already do better. Better connection speeds, um, less lag, less latency, fewer NAT issues with um, connecting in voice chat. Uh, the way they do party chat is pretty great. Like I, That works really well as, as it already stands. A snappier uh, UI for... Um, navigating your friends like god inviting someone to a party brings you through you need to go through so many screens of which some of which have loading times and the screens are so inefficient like you, you could have just had another like i could just go to a friend's on my friends list i should be able to just like hit options invite to party select party like i'm not sure if it, last time i checked you can't do that I, I remember having to go into their profile and then hitting a a um a separate like icon tabbing over to an icon and clicking that to to invite them to my party like i remember that being the process fuck man like 
I just need a snappier. I just need, they just need to do what they already do better. So I disagree on that one. Page 13 uh, out of 15. Activity log. Uh, things that tell you what you've been doing. Activity logs are far from being a fundamental feature. This is the right readout. Um, features for a console or a handheld. It is not like a system would be crippled without one, which is evidenced by how few systems have had them. Other than the 3DS and to a much lesser extent the Switch, there have hardly been any high-profile manager consoles or handhelds, um, major consoles or handhelds, that have implemented an activity log. But we really hope the PS5 will have one. Having the option to check up to see how much time you've spent playing each and every game and every other app on your console isn't something that enhances or deteriorates your experience in any meaningful way, but it's always a nice option to have. Yeah, sure. Uh, will I ask them to put dev time into an activity log? Probably not. But I wouldn't mind seeing hours played like Steam does. Or last played that this game. It's not bad. This is fun, cute little details to have that aren't that difficult to track. Um, page 14 and 15. Foster installs. Unarguably nice to have. I don't think it'll happen. I think games are getting bigger. They're getting compressed more. Installs are just going to be fucked for, for the foreseeable future. I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't think installs are going to be faster unless you unless you have an SSD in that thing. But as long as you're stuck with a physical spinning disk, like you're done. Like the, the, especially with games being again like fifty, a hundred gigs, not nah, it's not going to be faster. Sorry, that's just too much to ask for. And a customizable UI is the fifteen out of fifteen. That's a curious one. That's a curious one. Um, I I don't mind the cross media bar as it stands or what do they call it now that the current. Uh, PS4 interface. It's not great. It's much better than the, the Xbox One. Um, it's even better than what I think the Steam One is. Uh, probably, I bet you could probably get it to somewhere more like a Netflix-looking thing. I think Netflix has... Nef- yeah, pretty much Netflix has been, and to a lesser extent YouTube, have been the most consistently successful at people finding their UIs easy and usable. That's at least my experience. I don't think people have had any issues when I've been at friends' houses and they've navigated Netflix or on holidays and we use Netflix as a group or um, been sitting on my damn couch and using Netflix as my goddamn self. I have no issues with how Netflix works um, navigating the system. Uh, especially once you have like voice like recognition and stuff uh, like my TV does or in the PS4 case, like a good hover, sorry, a good keyboard, like you bring out the PS4 keyboard and you hit the um, the analog sticks at the same time, you can use motion controls and that actually is really fast and nice. Um, yeah, once you have a good keyboard, a good search, that is most the problem done. And then if you have most of the interface just being your content with all the options being hidden away, that is a good UI. At the moment, I don't, I don't mind the Netflix UI, and I think you can do the PS4 like the Netflix UI, so PS5 like the Netflix UI, which is what Microsoft tried to do, but they fucked it by having way too much space dedicated to the wrong things, in just weird, weird, like restrictive ways of um, tiling, like being restricted to tiles turned out to be a bad idea, whereas Netflix is more like a vertical list. Of horizontal lists, which is, if you think about it, pretty much what the PS, so the Xbox 360 was um, after the Blades, but before they moved to the new UI, where it was just these, like, essentially a, ver- yeah, a vertical list 
of horizontal lists. That's really all it is. Um, same with YouTube, it's the same goddamn thing. It's just a vertical grid in that case. Sorry, a vertical list of horizontal grids, um, which is funny. Collapsible grids, sorry. That there are horizontal lists, but if you expand them, they're, they're grids. Um, that's just that's that seems to be my favorite kind of UI at the moment. It's the most modern, and it works really well for finding content, which is what you want for a console. So yeah, customizable UI might be a thing, um, or at least a good UI would be the first thing to ask for. Customizable upon that, sure. That that's a that's a good thing to ask for. Will it happen? Probably not. Um, aside from like the standard things, like be able to make your own folders, like that level of customization, but like full changing it, probably not. Like you, like an MMO, for example, you won't get that level of UI change. But uh, a good UI is probably very high on my list on things I want for PS5. And with that, that is the last of the PS5 uh, little thing discussion here. Uh, if I was to say what my personal most anticipated things about the next gen consoles is, uh, let me break it down. Let's just give me my overall thoughts. PS5. I think it'll be late 2019, announced early 2019. So like PS4, but repeated. First quarter, first half, you'll have a one-off press conference that's its own thing, talking about only PS5. Any of the year it'll come out, be awesome. That's that's what I, how I think it'll go. Um, price, 399. I, I think I think they've they they hit that nail on the head. Um, I think if they go for 449, it's a sign that sorry I may hit my microphone there. Uh, if they go for 449, it's a sign that Sony's getting a little bit, little bit, little bit, sorry, a little bit more evil, a little and a little and a little bit more evil every day. If they go for 449, I think that's like it's fine. People will pay that; it's acceptable. But fuck you, 399 is the right answer. Um, so yeah, they need to do 399, late 2019 release. That's my speculation there. Power-wise, already said eight to ten teraflops. Um, that means that most games that run 60 FPS will actually be running at 1440p upscaled. That's fine by me. Those games will look perfectly beautiful. Um, that's like checkerboard upscaling looks great. I don't care if it's not perfect 4K. Looks fucking great. Um, I checkboard upscaling 1440p using ray tracing for lighting. I bet that will look goddamn fine in HDR. That will look great. 60 FPS. Um, games that want to run at 30, we'll do 4K native, predominantly um, using uh, resolution scaling to stay at 30. They will look fantastic. Um, better than anything out today. Like that, that's, that'll consistently be the case, which is what you want from new console generations. It almost goes out saying, but considering we're only talking about uh, probably, a, again, I'm guessing 10 to 8, so 8 to 10 teraflops, which is already possible with today's hardware. In fact, Again, the the uh, 1080i overclocked is about forty percent faster than that already. Um, but if you st- even if you stick in that range, I think you'll get something that just, just mind blowing graphics at that resolution. Um, so at that that performance, eighty to ten teraflop. I think the speculation on NeoGAF, like most people were throwing on the eleven number for some reason. I don't know why, but eleven sounds great. Like if they do eleven teraflop, that'll be great. But yeah, eight to ten is kind of what I'm thinking it'll be. Uh, RAM hard drive space, I don't know. I could they, they can do the math on that. I bet it will be twelve or sixteen um, gigs of either GDDR five or GDDR six. Sorry, GDDR five X or GDDR six. Uh, I don't think we HBM. If you don't know what that means, don't worry, it's not important. 
actually the only thing that means matters really is the number and i think 16 gigs is um kind of what you need 12 is might be acceptable uh to get 4k graphics out there and it's kind of important as long as the games run well um but you do need that minimum of like 12. hard drive space one terabyte probably uh spinning disk probably uh do they think the psn gonna change only visually Will they actually figure out their backend problems or not? Will the um, UI change? Yeah, hopefully. And I hope it makes they make it like Netflix. That's kind of the long story short. I already said that, but there you go. Uh, and will it be popular? I think you'll have the exact standard thing that happens every time. Except for the PS3 era. And even then, in a lot of cases for the PS3 era, people don't want another journey anytime soon. Like, oh, it's all, the best games are still coming. That's always going to be the case. You need to have new gens on a good five to six year cycle. You can't have eight again. That was fucking ridiculous. Games were so stagnated for a while there. Um, especially graphically. Like, games, it's just, oh, man. I need, we need to keep pushing forward, guys. I'm a fan of forward progress and that's what we need or well, i think we need so yes i really yeah people will be angry because it's only been five years by that point for the ps4 i think five years is a good damn damn good run um if your argument is oh but i've only had mine for a year that's fucking on you <laughs> that's on you man Witcher 3 came out a while ago people play that on their ps4s um even the second son was near release and i that game was great like I've had a long time on my PS4 and I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, was has it been as good as the PS3? Probably not. Probably not. I guess that's that's a case of there being fewer um, really mold breaking games this gen than they they were last gen. Um, that's just a, a a thing about games in general. But have they been good games? Yes, absolutely. Uh, am I happy about this gen? Yeah, sure. Am I, uh, is the greatest gen ever? Not. Not even close. Uh, but it's good. It's good. I'm, I'm, and I'm ready for more graphics. Better graphics. Uh, though God of War coming out next week might be the best looking game ever made. Again. Like, I'm not surprised I'm using like, that term over and over because I think newer games are predisposed to be better looking than older games. Um, so yeah, I think we might have another, another change of crown for best looking game of all time coming up very soon. And that's exciting. Uh, and with that, though, um, PS5. Looking forward to it. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick... S- that's my essentially the most of my news here, and I'm going to do a quick thing about Yakuza's Kiwami. And it's going to be really quick, because all I'm going to say is I really like that game. Uh, the game opens with you getting your ring for your girlfriend. And I just realized how much I like games that start slow. Like, to be fair, it starts off with, like, him standing over a body and cuts away from that to you getting a ring for your girlfriend. But, you know, like, I like games that, you know, introduce the characters. Take your time. Bring your world up. It's surprisingly similar to Yakuza 0 already and using the same map. That's kind of disappointing. I don't know which way that went, whether it was 0 that took it from Kiwami or Kiwami that took it from... Sorry, 0 that took it from 1 or Kiwami that took it from 0. Um, but yeah, no, whatever. It, 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 that world still is really fun to be in. 1990s Japan slash early 2000s Japan, or whatever it is. Um, 
it's just really nice to see. The graphics are still great. Lighting on my my OLED is awesome. Even though I don't think it's HD, I'm almost certain it's not HDR. It's most of that game I've played it so far has been at night, and it looks gorgeous. Lighting looks so good. Um, gameplay wise, it just feels like zero, and that's fine by me. Um, fighting styles are all still there, all that kind of stuff. The, the leveling out systems change, which I like. I don't like the old money system that was dumb. Uh, especially with how much things costed towards the end of that. But the leveling up system is fine. And uh, Majua everywhere is a cool concept I have not seen executed yet. I have not run into him in the world yet. But it's been pretty great. I've seen, I'm sorry, I've seen, I've met him. I have not randomly seen him. So still playing Yakuza Kiwami. Uh As I said, saw the Nino Kuni 2 Japanese VO, like I said last time. And I was in... I was way happy with that, especially with the main character, then the English video, which means I probably will buy it, or maybe will buy it if nothing else comes up, which, considering God of War is just around the corner, it's probably already going to put a lie to that, I don't know, um, but damn, I'm looking forward to God of War, it's only a couple of days away, so maybe the next time I talk here, it'll be about my first impressions about God of War, I don't know, but with that, thank you for listening to this episode of the Cynical Supplement, the longest I've ever done, aside from the Game of Year shit, uh, one hour and 50 minutes. Damn. Sorry for my drink breaks, but there you go. And I don't believe we've had any major uh, hitching this episode. So fucking yeah, go go uh, audacity. And I, I might need to find a new actual professional audio editing program because audacity is, is cool, but I don't know about the quality of the output. We'll see when I listen back to it and edit it. Um, with that, thank you for listening to this episode of Cynical Supplement. See you next time.